Welcome, Kanya. Thank you so much for joining me. Happy to have you Hi. here. <laughs> yes, so, it's a pleasure. So uh, those that follow you know that you're also a chartered accountant as well as being a fitness influencer. So how did you find yourself in a position where you were creating fitness content on your social media? I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's because of this pandemic, honestly, um, that I've had sort of, I feel like it's a pandemic of extremes, right? So either people have done, have gone on to do extraordinary things that they've never had the opportunity to do. And then other people have obviously been hit quite negatively. I just found myself sort of, you know, being in lockdown, not having any access to any gyms and not having any access to any equipment because we know it was that strict level five lockdown. So I then decided, okay, I need to be creative and start using the equipment that was around me in order for me to, you know, stay fit, stay active and not make any excuses. So I just started finding things like a couch, brooms, water bottles, you name it, just to keep me going and keep things exciting. As you know, like with fitness, it can get quite boring and quite mundane there's only so many ways you can do a squat but I found that you know use incorporating all of these household products was just really something to do that was fun and I think that really caught on with so many people because it became so relatable so many girls and guys were going through the same issues and they found themselves just being on my page and trying to get like new fitness inspiration to you know to do their traditional lunges and squats etc so I think it really took off from there people were really just going out of their minds, essentially staying at home and trying to keep busy. And I thought, you know, this is one way just to entertain people while keeping them healthy and active. And it's stuck on. And yeah, it's actually so wild because when I first, um, when I came back to South Africa at the beginning of 2020, I had like 3,000 followers. By June, I had about 30,000 followers. And it's, it, just, it just goes to show that people were just sitting at home online not knowing what to do. And yeah, I guess they, they just found some inspiration from my page. That's awesome. I think also a lot of people, they either got into baking and fitness or both. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Banana bread was I'm the latest really trend. Baking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not really good at baking. So I thought, okay, let me try the fitness thing. And that really works. And I've always just had an interest in fitness. So it really just felt natural. It wasn't something that I felt put on. I was already doing fitness videos anyway. But I guess, you know, they talk about your niche. I think home workouts just became my niche and using all these everyday products to, you know, really make people see how, how easy it can be to still stay healthy regardless of the fact that we didn't have access to gyms. So, yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. So a very important question that I want to ask you is that how do you find a balance and time management between these two jobs, you know? fitness influencer by day, chartered accountant by night because you work for an American company. So your hours are... Yes, that's that's true. And I think in the beginning, it was very difficult. Before I really got serious about fitness influencing, I think it was very difficult just to manage the seven-hour time zone because, of course, with daylight savings, it changes between six to seven hours. And it was really difficult in the beginning because, of course, your body's so used to working from 8 a.m. and then finishing at, at 6 p.m. And now the fact that I was stuck in South Africa and now I have to work from 3 p.m. until midnight was really daunting on my body. But I think after a while, you kind of just get used to it. And now it would be so weird for me to start at 8 a.m. So what I actually noticed is that 8 a.m. is normally when I have most of my energy. 
And so it was really, it just worked out great that I could do the things that I normally would not have the energy to do after work. Like who really wants to go work out after work? It's just so much effort sometimes. Yeah, I was just so blessed to finally realize that the morning routine because normally I would just push out everything into the evenings and so I like understand now why people wake up at 5 a.m to go work out I get it so so yeah I just I think it's worked out perfectly for me in that I get to do all of the things that relate to South Africa in the mornings um when people want to have meetings with me or want to do anything that's branded related I can do that up until 3 p.m and then from then I can just do my U.S. job but I still feel like balance is a myth honestly I think certain seasons in your life are going to determine are going to demand certain things from you right so there are going to be instances where I have to work those long hours up until 2 a.m in the morning and then I just don't have the energy to wake up at seven o'clock and do the stuff that I need to do from a fitness influencing perspective so it really just it, it really depends on what season my season I'm in and what is demanded of me I think the idea that you know you're gonna have it all balanced and all right and you're also gonna have like self-care Sundays is, it's it's a it's a myth and I think it puts more pressure on a human being because now you're wondering why you can't get a balance when everyone else seems like they're balanced and the truth of the matter is no one really just has the perfect formula you just kind of need to rest when you can when the opportunity is available to you please rest but then there are times where you just simply can't because there are things that need to get done and that's just the that's just how it is yeah so it's sort of like what the purpose of the moment is and what you're driving for. So I know that we've spoken about this previously and you get asked this question quite a lot on social media as well as that. How do you find your purpose and what drives you in your life and, and what you do? So how do what's your take on finding your purpose? I think it's, it, it varies for a lot of people and it also depends where you are in your life and how open and receptive you are to your life being a teacher to you. I think for a long time when you are a young person, a young adult, you know, you just think that things keep happening to you and not realizing that you participate in your own life too. Of course, there are circumstances that sort of determine certain experiences that you will have, but ultimately you still have a choice in how you want to take whatever has happened to you and turn it into something that can work for you in the future. But I think for me, especially during this lockdown, there was a time of reflection, which a lot of the times as young people, we don't get that opportunity. It's just go, go, go. We're trying to attain all of these things. We want to get degrees. We want to get the money. We want to get the relationships. And we don't really see that we are carrying ourselves with ourselves all the time like we are with us all the time we are the main character and so it's so important for us to really take a moment to just breathe and think about like is this something that makes sense for me and I think for purpose really it's all about being authentic and I know that this term gets thrown around a lot in social media but it really is just about paying attention to yourself what is it that I like what is it that I don't like what is it that excites me what is it that scares me all of these things if you really pay attention to them they can be the information that you need to help you determine what it is that you the kind of life that you want to to live and ultimately realizing that it's not what you attain and all of these things that you achieve but it's who you become and who you become 
is actually the very person you were when you were a child. You sort of return back to your childlike state, of course, with all of these new experiences, but realizing that you were worthy from the beginning, that all these values and, and characteristics that you had as a child are just as important back then as they are right now. And there's no need for you to change who you are in order for you to please the world because this is what the world wants for you for now. Like, I think it's really important to always turn inward and realize the importance of who you are. And that's where you find your purpose because it's not in what you do. You know, there are so many things that you can do based on the values that you have, the morals that you have, the things that excite you, et cetera. There's so many options. We live in a world of so many options. So you really can be both an accountant and a fitness influencer. But for me, my, my true calling for me is to be of service to other people. I always believe that all the knowledge that I have attained um, so far is absolutely useless if I don't share that with the world. Because what is the purpose of me being gaining all of this wisdom but not sharing that with other people who might need that or make them feel like they're, they're less alone? So I think that is my calling. And it doesn't really matter whether that's an accounting or in fitness or in surfing or whatever that might be. So it's really important to pay attention to who you are and who you're becoming. That's so amazing. So on your journey to finding your purpose, how did you realize that your purpose was sort of in service of other people or helping other people where you can? Did you, did you have a deep time of introspection? Was there a certain period mm -hmm. where you maybe kind of shut yourself away from the world where you really delved into yourself? How did you get there to find that purpose? I think it's, it's just by doing. I think sometimes, yes, you do have moments of reflection and that's really good. Like I said, this pandemic has really given us, so many of us, the opportunity to reflect back on our lives and, you know, and change things that we're not happy with, you know. But I think it's ultimately just the doing, like just live your life. And while it's happening, be aware of the patterns that keep occurring you know like you 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 might be you might be dating different guys but it's the same person that keeps coming up the same problems that keep coming <laughs> up you see and so you need to identify those patterns what is it about me am i a people pleaser am i you know always looking for someone who's toxic because i grew up in a toxic environment mm -hmm. there's all of these things that your life is a teacher to you and if you are not receptive to that that's when you easily keep falling into the same issues over and over and not learning the lessons and so that you can upgrade and, and come to, to new challenges of your life, right? Because there's always going to be new challenges. But ultimately, I think the problem is many people want to plan their lives to a T and not realizing that we, you can't plan everything. Yes, of course, you know, wanting to go to university and, and get this degree by this year and get married and then have children, etc. Those are good things to aspire to. But timelines can be very dangerous because they put so much pressure on you to become something that does not necessarily meet the reality of what's actually happening to you so allow life to unfold and let it teach you who you need to be and then that way you can adapt and, and evolve and become who you need to be for other people too and I think just simply by being yourself you are already an inspiration for other people you might think that what you're doing only you are paying attention to but people are always looking around you all the time anyone and everyone can be an influencer Honestly, there's no need for you to have like a hundred thousand people and then you're an influencer or a million people and then you're an influencer. Every day you're influencing people to do certain things and behave a certain way because we're, humans are very social creatures. Mm -hmm. So once you really become aware of that and that you realize that your actions have a knock-on effect 
on the next person. Hello, this virus is showing us that your actions have a knock-on effect on somebody else, right? You start realizing that you can't take the minutes, the hours that you have on this planet for granted because there's so much you can teach other people by being yourself. I think that's also where the issue or struggle comes for people where... Mm -hmm. You know, people are watching and you're so scared of what other people think that you lose that authenticity of yourself because you start mm -hmm. thinking, what would this person say? Are they going to be happy with this or whatever? And you start losing mm -hmm. that honesty with yourself. So I think quite mm -hmm. a big challenge is people having to be honest with themselves first. And yes, you, you mentioned yes. when you're a child, you just are yourself and you know, people are watching. Yes. When kids get yes. attention, they know it and they love it and they yes. delve yes. into it, you know, and I think yes. you lose that along the way and it's with the social media and societal pressures as well. So it's that yes. stepping stone of honest, being honest with yourself first. Yes, and I think I have a lot of empathy for our generation because our comparison levels are at a thousand times more than any other generation has ever experienced. So I, unlike our parents who are probably just competing with the people that they grew up around. With us, you're aware of what people are doing in South America, in LA, in Italy, like everywhere. And, and that can put a lot of pressure on you because you just feel like, oh, I can't believe like I'm 21 and I still haven't achieved X, Y, Z. But what we don't realize is that we don't have this identical lives to the people we're trying to compare ourselves to. Even with my sister, who I live with in the same household, we'll still have a very different experience to how I experience things. So it's it's we just put this pressure on ourselves, and and in that way we just become sort of these clones of what we think society wants for us. And it's a shame because, of course, the world really just wants you. And the more authentic that I became and the more I just shared, like, guys, I don't have access to a gym, so I'm just going to use these crude bean cans or whatever and work out with that. The more people wanted that. They didn't want a person who's extra, you know, like, just has everything handed to them because they can't relate to that. So the magic is in you being precisely yourself. So what advice would you give to those who are watching or listening to help find their purpose and their drive in their lives? I think it's really important to, to, to start meditating or journaling. That five to ten minutes that you are giving yourself every day is important. I, I, as an accountant, I always say you have to pay yourself first, right? When you get a salary, the first thing that I do is I invest all of my money to, to me first before I even have to pay my bills because I worked hard and so I deserve that money first. It's the same with your time. Time is the most important resource you will ever have. And it's, it's worth the money because it is money you can always make up in the future. You can't make up time. It is what it is. So the most precious resource, you need to spend it on yourself. And I think when you journal or you meditate, you really start to pay attention to your thoughts and where they lead and you start paying attention to the patterns. So of course, the first week, you're just like, what the hell am I doing? Because that's what it felt like for a few months, actually. But then it all starts to add up, just like working out, right? First in the beginning, it's like one kilogram dumbbells, and then you find yourself growing and becoming better. So it's the same with, with time that you spend with yourself. And you'll start realizing your thought patterns and where they lead. And you start asking yourself, what influence these thought patterns? And that's not to say that they're bad or good but you're just observing how you're thinking because you're not your thoughts you are the observer of your thoughts and then from there you start seeing oh this is the things that intrigue me these are the things that really frighten me and you start you know sort of exploring 
who you are as a human being. And I think it's the, it's the best thing in the world to explore who you are because you're with you all the time. You're so interesting to yourself. Mm-hmm. At least I find myself extremely interesting. No, I'm with you there. And, I think um, I'm so interesting too. So <laughs> I yes, with you. Yes. yes. You know, like when, when people take them up, themselves out for dinner, I think that's amazing because you do need to ask yourself some questions that you might not have had the time to do so because we live in such a busy world. And I think once you start doing that, over time you start realizing actually the life that I'm living now is it really a reflection of who I am inside and if it's not what does it look like how does it feel like more importantly because I think a lot of people think that it's in a job or it's in a relationship or it's in a a particular house or children but you need to think about when I have that house or when I have these children or when I have this marriage what does it feel like for me and can this feeling be replicated right now in what I'm doing right now, instead of having to wait for the future? Because all you have is right now, like something could happen to you today. So you need to try and replicate whatever feeling you think those things are gonna give you right now and see where, and, and lead with that. Because when you lead with that feeling, then all of the decisions that you make are gonna to want to be consistent with what you believe you deserve for yourself. And that's how you become aligned with your purpose and with your vision. And what you'll find is that all the things that you wanted in the future sort of fall away because you, you're not so pressed to try and achieve this, this one thing that you think is a monumental thing in your life. You start realizing that the beauty of life is in the everyday. It's in the mundane. That's where it is. It's the journey, not the destination. <laughs> it really is. It's just like as, as cheesy as it sounds. It really is. Like when I became a chartered accountant, I thought, oh, when I become a chartered accountant, when they say, that would be, it lasted for two minutes. And then next thing I knew, I was like, I'm going to America. I want to do this. There's always going to be the next. There's always going to be the next. We're human beings. We want the next best thing. So it's really important for you to be at peace with the feeling that you get as you try to pursue things. And it can be particularly dangerous when it comes to relationships, right? Because you will never be satisfied then. You're always going to think that the next person is going to give you way more than the current person. So it's important for you to really have some sort of centering. And I think that comes with journaling, with meditation and spending a lot of time with yourself. I love that. I feel like you just dropped so many spiritual and knowledge bombs on me right now. I'm thinking, I'm glad I journal. And I'm glad I spend a lot of time with myself. I'm on the right track. Yeah. Yes, you are on the right track. You are on the right track. And one of the questions that I always ask any of the ladies that join me on this platform is, what does feminine leadership mean to you? I think that's a very interesting question. I think feminine leadership is being able to voice your opinion even when, you're face, when your voice is shaking. I think so many times we are put in situations where we have to be the representative of everyone because you happen to be the only woman, which actually says a lot more about those boardrooms than it says about you, because why am I the only woman? Are you not ashamed? (laughs) But even so, like you don't have to represent every single woman on this planet when you are on these boards. You, You need only represent what your thoughts are and your own lived experiences are. Of course, being considerate of the next person, but really being true to your own voice. I think that's true true leadership regardless and I think always just being in service to yourself and I think when you lead with the voice that is authentic to you I think people really resonate with that and if you are being true to your own experiences and people resonate with that then it allows them the freedom to also 
voice their own opinions on certain things that maybe they felt they were too scared to talk about, you know? So by, by simply shining your own light on who you are, you liberate the people around you to do exactly the same. And then everyone around you can have then an authentic experience. And I think that's the best way to lead people, to allow themselves to feel free enough to be exactly who they are. That I don't even think is like a feminine leadership thing. I think that's just used to be leadership in general. Yeah. But I think more so because the responsibility always seems to lie on us to be some sort of representative of every other woman on the planet. Um, I think more so that it's become so important for you to, to really share who you are. And you might not have the same opinion that everyone else has, and that's okay. That's okay. That's the point of growth and evolving and, and realizing, oh, okay, I'm going to change my mind now about what I previously thought. That's okay. I think we don't always get that space to do that because people think we, we should have the answers because you are the first female CEO. So you must know all the problems that women go through. No, mate, like I am a black woman from South Africa. I don't know what it must be like to be, uh, I don't know, a Jewish lady living, you know, it's just, it's different. Everyone has different life experiences. So I think it's, it's important for you to just be true to your own voice and that gives other people the opportunity to be true to their own voice. And then that's how you achieve diversity and variety in the world that we live in. I agree with you 100%. One woman does not rep represent the whole. It's not, not one that makes it the whole. It's not possible. Yeah, I don't know everyone's lived experiences. I can only speak from my own. Otherwise, it makes me fake. So now we move on into a section I like to call the ABCs of your career. So A, what was your amazing affluent Oprah aha moment in your career? This is so wild. So actually it was the day I decided I wanted to be a chartered accountant. <laughs> that was my aha moment because when I was in grade 11, you know, there's a lot of pressure on 17, 18 year olds to just know what it is that they're going to do with their lives. And I think, you know, at 17 and 18, you can barely like brush your teeth and put on your uniform and get it going. You know, like there's just a lot happening at that age. So to now then decide on the thing that's going to like, you know, just, you know, determine the trajectory of your life is a lot of pressure. But for me, I was obsessed with cars, Nikki. Like I was obsessed. Okay. Well, after my and own there home. was this man who came, <laughs> there was this man at our careers evening who came with a Lamborghini, which at the time was like my dream car. You can tell me otherwise. And I was like, dude, what do you do? What do you do? And he was like, I'm a chartered accountant. And that was that for me. I was like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. Uh -huh. Not knowing that I was about <laughs> to throw my life into something that was, was so crazy. But I think it really, it worked out for me in the end because I persevered through it. And then also when I arrived in America, I was really just shocked by the fact that, you know, this very degree that I was kind of dreading and I didn't want to do it anymore because it was seven years of my life that I felt like I just put in and I didn't see the point of it anymore. But when I arrived in the United States, it felt like, my hard work paid off. Like I know that there are, there were elements in, in there that helped me get there, but it felt like at least 90% of my hard work got me to this place. And that was also like a great, like aha moment. When I was at Coachella, I shared it oh. here. When I, because <laughs> I, I was can like, imagine. if it wasn't for those, those hours that I spent in the, the library and you know, all the, the blood, sweat and tears that I put, I wouldn't be here seeing Beyonce above yeah. me like this. Like it was such an 
aha moment, which is so random, like nothing to do with the office, but more so like the opportunities that this designation has given me. Yeah, that's when I've had aha moments. But aha moments can happen at any time. It doesn't have to be in the office. So that's yeah. it's like, mama, I made it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And B, what was a business blunder turned to blessing? I think for me, you know, there have been many, there have been things that have happened to me that at the time you're just like, what the hell? Like I didn't make this decision. Why do the powers that be get to decide on how I get to experience this life? And I think one of the biggest ones was when, when I was supposed to go to a specific company, because I was a bursar or a scholarship, I got a scholarship to this particular company that I had already even counted the salary that I was going to get at this company. Okay. It was really just, I was ready to leave university and I was supposed to go there. And they, they dropped the program. They were like, unfortunately guys, like you can't join us anymore. We have decided that you will go to a big four audit firm. And I was so upset about that because I've heard so many people suffering through that, that they weren't getting paid well. And it's three years. And I was like, this is miserable. Had I known earlier, I would have maybe made a better decision and tried a different program with a different bank. It's like, it's just a different internship or training program. But looking back now, it was the best thing that ever happened to me because of the fact that I ended up going to a big four audit firm that is known across the globe. It made it so much easier for me to get a job overseas because people weren't like, uh, what company did you work for? Like, where did you get your experience from? It was an immediate like, oh, the recruiter knew exactly where I got my experience from. So as much as I hated it, I remember crying like at the robots, the sun beating on me and I was just like I can't believe these people made this decision on my behalf I was just 22 years old and the next day I had an exam absolutely hated them but looking back now I was like this is the best decisions that unknowingly that they made for me because I was just like that really set me up for success in terms of getting to work internationally so Mm -hmm. I was really grateful for that but back then it felt like hell I was just so upset Well, yeah, looks like it all turned out well. And see, what was your cinematic worthy cock up moment? Oh, I actually shared this a few days ago with my followers on, I call them my loves, on Instagram. So, so there was this conversation going about like when you were an intern, what is it that you had done that just was yes. like so mortifying? I saw that was yes. on Twitter, but yeah, the intern, HBO, yeah. um, where was he from? HBO, HBO, HBO Max? HBO. And yes, he sent out, yes, the- yes, he sent yeah. out an email that he didn't intend to be sent out. The same thing happened to me as one of my coworkers thought it was funny. Back then where I was working, you had to lock your laptop all the time because it was, you know, you have all this confidential information. And if you didn't, as a prank, they would normally like send out an email or something to show the rest of the, the, the company that you sent out, you did not lock your laptop. Yeah. So somebody sent the link to my swimsuit competition. <laughs> <laughs> to the entire organization of the partner there and I was just like this is just but <laughs> so he called me in and he was like I voted for you <laughs> this is so embarrassing I don't know how to feel is the fact that you actually saw me in a bikini or the fact that you voted for me but Shane he was he was actually extremely supportive of my career and he was the one who really told me you know what I, I don't even know if if auditing is for you I think you have too much personality for this place like you should go out there go to America and try and try to something else and um, so it turned out okay but at the time I wanted the world to swallow me whole because oh. why 
<laughs> that is truly a beautiful cinematic worthy cock-up moment that's glorious <laughs> yeah. i can i can just Im I, I can see myself being in that position and just thinking oh my god yeah <laughs> like when you when it's like it's like the principal's calling you to his office but for me it was like that the partner's calling me in what did i do what did i do and then he was like oh, I, I just voted for you and, and you like, think of all the conversations all the responses you're like yeah. oh, um yeah he says yeah. this i and should like, say this it's such a professional environment you know people are wearing suits all the time and then here i am in my bikini i'm glad i mean it looks phenomenal but still like <laughs> and i look great <laughs> i look great but not not for the office no it is what it oh, is i love that thanks so much for sharing that and <laughs> now as we start coming bringing the interview to a close i like to end it off with a quick fire question round so just first thing that comes to the top of your head just answer so morning or evening morning coffee or tea coffee if you could live in any book which one would it be harry potter harry potter i'm a huge huge harry potter fan i i really do question the parenting skills of those kids because well of those parents because why would you keep sending your kids to a school that is going through the most every year i have questions with those parents <laughs> we need to like, sit down with a, them there's a terrorist on the loose who is attacking the school every year and you keep sending your child over every year like are you mad <laughs> but yeah, yeah harry potter we need to go to family therapy and and sit them yes. down Exactly. Like, how do you keep sending your kids home, especially if you know your child is on a pure blood? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I have, I have a lot of questions for those parents, but yeah, I, I love, I love Harry Potter. I always go back to that book. Um, it just, whenever I panic on a plane, I, I read a Harry Potter book and it just transports me to a different world. I absolutely love it. I love that. And what is one thing in your daily routine that you could not live without? exercise um sometimes i will not exercise and just meditate depending because for me when i exercise it is meditation um so either one of those i i have to do it non-negotiables and three people that you would have over for dinner dead or alive that's a very interesting one so first definitely princess diana um i think she was such an incredible soul and i would i i really really I, yeah i think she's amazing and i would love to know more about her life i thought no when i realized now she was very young when she died mm. um and she had so much life and so much that she wanted to share with the world still so i would definitely love to to have her beyonce beyonce that's too like need i say more need i say more beyonce and i think the third one would definitely be oprah i think she unknowingly has shaped so much of my life and there's just so many gems that I keep picking up from Oprah and as I get older this the gems that I've heard when I was younger make so much sense now um so I, I really think she's just a timeless person um that I would love to just yeah to have in my company that sounds like an incredible dinner party I'd love to be the yes. first one all the ladies <laughs> yeah just to sit around <laughs> yes yeah awesome well thank you so much for joining me on your saturday and for talking about purpose and how you found yours and i'm hoping that this will help whoever listens to it as well 
Yeah, and I just wanted to take this opportunity to really acknowledge the work that you are putting in um, to really helping young women out there who might not necessarily feel themselves to be seen or heard. Um, podcasts like these really just help people to see that whatever they're going through is completely normal. We are all, no one has it figured out, Nikki, we know this for sure. And the fact that you are really just putting your time and effort to talking to us and picking our brains and making someone feel less alone is such important work it's it's definitely service to so many women out there so i really do appreciate the time that you're putting in it, it does not go unnoticed thank you so much i appreciate that okay and yeah have a wonderful day and i'll be in touch with you soon. bye, bye. <laughs>